Hello and welcome to The Wasted Years, the podcast where touring musicians tell stories about life on the road. This is your host, Aaron Seamer. I've been a musician for over 20 years, and I've slept in strangers' hotel rooms, disgusting couches, the front seats of vans, and roadside ditches. I've been robbed, cheated, stiffed, and flashed, and usually for very little money. And if you're a touring musician, I bet you know what I'm talking about. This is The Wasted Years. So this is Aaron from The Wasted Years, and I am here in Tacoma, Washington. I took a little road trip today down to visit the guys from Argonaut. Um, I'm here with Matt, Dave, Brandon, and Chad. Argonaut, I guess just uh, let's talk a little bit about how you started and how you ended up where you are today. Um, yeah, we started in 99. Basically, I, I wasn't playing music. I was involved in a band called Delilah, and Dave was in a band called Swelter that had recently broken up and we had a mutual friend um, Dave Marcelin that was in the band Nadir who introduced the two of us so we should play and we knew a friend named Bob Lurvey who had also recently stopped playing in a band called Pop Papa Wheelie so the three of us started jamming for a while and kind of just writing music really not any kind of plan to be much of anything just kind of jamming um, and then we brought in a guy named Scott Talbot He's the one that kind of got us to start playing shows, really. We put out a record called Shoot the Moon after we started playing with some big names in that stoner rock explosion. We were kind of one of the hookups in the Northwest, come through Tacoma and play with this band kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Me and my wife were living with her mom at the time with plans to possibly move down to California. And uh, I was kind of in between jobs and living with my mother-in-law. and. And jamming in her band, I ended up playing bass for uh, <laughs> a cover band with like my mother-in-law, her boyfriend, and a bunch of other, other you know. It's like, yeah, what the hell, I'll do it, you know. Uh, when the when the drummer showed up with a you know like a cooler full of beer and tequila and everything, and they asked me to play bass, I was like, I think I can handle that, you know, what the hell. So. But I was sitting there, and I remember Matt called me, and was like, hey, uh, do you want to play drums? for Argonaut to, yeah, what the hell. So I was living in Renton, I had to start <clears throat> driving back down to Tacoma. I was brought into the band, because Bob was the original drummer. Yeah. And they made a recording and... and that was uh, a little demo. Well, a little demo. Yeah. Gave it to me and then I learned the songs and... I yeah. totally yeah. skipped by okay. you, I'm sorry, dude. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, all right. Dick. that's okay. You were rescued from the family band. Yeah, so. uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. But um, we had, there were some local guys in town that were doing a record label thing and they put out our first LP, Shoot the Moon, that was reviewed well. Uh, a lot of people liked it, I guess, that were out playing. And it kind of got more bands to come through Tacoma for a while. We ended up playing with Unita. John Garcia mm -hmm. and stuff um, after the release of Shoot the Moon. But then, yeah, drama. <coughs> the songwriting aspect of Argonaut in the past was pretty much dominated by me and Scott, and it, you know, kind of eats away at people after a while. There was also outside frustrations with the people that were helping us work that put out our record, basically just ripping us off. It's so like, there was just, just this weird mm -hmm. fucking perfect storm of drama just. Well, blew and up. Talbot left and yeah. went back to Reno. In the middle of it, Talbot <coughs> left, yeah. and it was kind of like we we wanted to keep going because of the attention we were getting. 
Yeah, fucking Talbot. Um, but we brought in Don Stewart, who's in Miko De Noche, Tacos, runs mm -hmm. Violent Hippie Records, and it, it was, we gave it a shot for another six months, but Don was even like, you know, he, he at practice one day just said, you know, I think I'm prolonging the inevitable, this is not, you guys aren't getting along, and it was true, so we, we, we gave up and stopped and shortly before that we had recorded another EP which sat on the shelves for a while with Ben Burrell with Ben Burrell and at this mm -hmm. place it, you know it's now called the autopsy room in Tacoma at the time it was just Jesse's basement so when we broke up it just kind of sat there and yeah basically four and a half years pass of just living life on my end and Dave playing and a few I've been other fucking bands. three bands after yeah. we broke up. <laughs> Brandon still in three bands. Brandon <laughs> gave a shot with Miko De Noche briefly. Scott left. Don was doing Miko De Noche. I was pretty much just not doing anything but living. Um. <laughs> yeah, matter of fact, I was their roadie guy when they did their tour in the West. The Night Watcher. The Night Watcher. Yeah. The way, hey man, the way I look at it, you're gonna get a fucking hotel room every night. I'm washing my fucking balls before I go to sleep. <laughs> the night washer. Yeah. Oh, we got it. Yeah, that's yeah. The, 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 the you Miko, said night the Miko, washer. The Miko guys, washer. dude, Dave's shower. We were Miko definitely guys, talking about that. Oh. Miko guys, okay. were like, because I'd never been on the road before Argonaut, and then like when I was in the road with Argonaut, I was just like, oh, this is weird. I'm not used to this. But after a while, I got the hang of it, and like. Like, oh, it's like camping, but in the city. Okay, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> our first road trip. Our first road trip was a nightmare bands, for me because I was such yeah. a fucking princess at the time. I was like, oh, <laughs> such harsh conditions. Like by the second, <laughs> by the second tour, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> but for some reason, the second tour, I decided not. I don't know why. I think I had a really bad drinking. I always. And you know this from back in the day. I always had like real bad drinking episodes where yeah. it's like binge, 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 binge. Hey, that's blood. I'm gonna stop for a while. <laughs> so before our second tour, I stopped because oh, there's traces of blood. I'm gonna stop drinking for a while. And then, but that was a fun tour because by that time I was like, all right, I'm road dog now. I just <laughs> slip in the alley. <laughs> Let me finish the the story real quick of getting back together, and then we'll get oh, into yeah, the yeah. Uh -huh. So yeah, we uh just spent four and a half years doing nothing um a friend of we had a guy that would follow us um to places named Derek Horch he was pretty much at every one of our shows so he got married and saw Dave one night so he came up to Dave and said you know if uh, I could have anything for my reception present or whatever it'd be you guys getting Argonaut getting back together and playing for the reception so Dave got he got old Brandon and Scott they both said they would, and then he got a hold of my grumpy ass. And um, when he broke it to me that Scott was willing to come back on his dime to do it, and w agreed, you know, I can't say no at that point. So it, uh, we got, we did it. We practiced like one day. We played by far the longest Argonaut set ever that night. Like we, we purposely played a lot of songs. Yeah, pretty much played everything. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, anything that we, mm -hmm. we didn't play everything, but we played. Oh man, we played a lot to of yeah. songs. <laughs> you know, and so it was a lot of fucking fun man that yeah, show was, was I, that show was still that was just a great time and yeah it definitely made me want to play in a big way and it felt really comfortable playing with these guys again and scott leaving was like man why can't you just stay you know kind of thing <laughs> yeah. um we talked about jamming again the three of us and not with the intention of Argonaut getting back together. We were actually talking about just forming a whole new band, just yep. different project altogether. Just mm -hmm. 
let's just do something. It doesn't have to be Argonaut. Mm -hmm. Let's just, just play. I think me and Booty jammed together the first time, just him, just us. And then Dave came in and we talked about <laughs> basically adding a, another guitar because we always felt, I don't know, we wrote best with another guitar. And Dave knew a girl in town that wasn't doing anything named Trina Walker, who was in a band called TNA. And uh, she's an amazing musician. She's got, she at the time had some, some demons, you know what I mean? And <laughs> um, we, we went ahead and kind of gave, you know, brought her in to, to jam with us. And it was a really fun jam. It was, it was a good day. And it, the stuff we were doing sounded a lot like Argonaut, though, even with Trina. Come a few weeks later, me and Dave went to a show in Seattle, the Shrine Builders show when they came through, mm -hmm. and um, Hannah, yeah, this is like actually a part that I can talk about. Yes, Chad's I was not in the band for most of the really good stories, but <laughs> Chad's gonna. Uh, have I was to at the Shrine Builders show, mean. and I had I was in Miko de no I'm still in Miko de Noche, and uh, we had gone and done an in studio thing with KEXP with Hannah, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I had met her and um, and had seen her at a couple other shows and talked to her, and uh, I saw her walking up to the bar and. Uh, I said, oh, there's Hannah. Dave, do you know her? And he had, Dave hadn't met her yet, so I'll go introduce you to, you know, this friend of mine. She plays awesome music. She's got this show. Oh, on. the side note to that also though was that Derek, Derek and Linda's reception. We forgot to now. I forgot to say we, we released the EP. We had approached, we had approached uh, Violet Hippie to put out the four songs that Ben Verilla had recorded mm -hmm. from earlier. Yeah, yes. so we released as an official EP. Everybody's got it now. That's how. Hannah from KEXP got hold of it, right. and she started fucking playing mm -hmm. on air. I come to find out, yeah, and it's like holy shit. So I just not knowing that, I took yeah. Dave. I'm like, well, come meet Hannah. You know, she's cool. Because I've person. she plays awesome music mm -hmm. on late night whatever radio. And so I, uh, I said, you know, went up to her, say, hey, Hannah, it's me from Chad from Miko, and this is my friend Dave. He's in this band called. He was in this band called Argonaut. She was like, oh my god, just like flipped out. And then she, one of her buddies, was there. And yeah. Andrew. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew, right. Andrew yeah. was there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a tie-in with Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> it's best back before I knew Andrew, which, yeah, Andrew, that's... In, Andrew Chapman. Chapman. In, in retrospect, yeah. yes, that was Andrew. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and they were they both were just like, yeah, I love Argonaut. I listen to it all the time. And I was like, wow, that's hmm. awesome. So, yeah, and Matt was there, so which kind of put them together and she uh you know she kind of got right up and actually got in, got up in their face. faces and said you guys have to get this band back she was mad like, now <laughs> and, and when we when we went and did when we got back there officially we did the kxp in studio i i told her to tell the story and the first thing she had to say was well i was mad i mean literally she came up to me pissed <laughs> and i mean I, I was watching the band and all of a sudden i see this blonde lady like beelining at me and I'm kind of against a wall and she's still coming and I just kind of look at her and she's just you know <laughs> dead eyeing me and comes right up to me and goes you're Matt from Argonaut aren't you and I said yeah she goes why isn't that band still together <laughs> and I said um, because one of us moved to Reno she goes so what you can get another guitar player they're all over the place I just talked to Dave he said Brandon and him would do the band so you know what Pressure cookers on you, man. Get the band back together. <laughs> I fucking threw Matt's big ass under the bus. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I, you know, she, she was shoot, pretty intense. Like she I chewed even me kind out. of stepped away so that Matt would have to take the. Yeah, I was, just, <laughs> you know, I just remember just being like, whoa, you know, out of nowhere, I got somebody really 
pissed off that that band's not together in my face, you know. And and Andrew was behind her going, yeah. Got like her muscle behind her, you know. So and then a guy named John Perky, like within two days after that, contacts me and dude, you know, KEXP is playing you guys during the daytime. They play you all the time, and uh, this is when we're getting together and doing the jam thing, you know. And so me and Dave were hanging out at the top of Tacoma one night, and I was thinking about it because of getting my ass chewed out by Hannah, <laughs> and I just said, you know, that was. I told him, I said that kind of stuck with me, and sometimes I think it might be fun to do it again and Dave literally stood up went over he goes let's do it and I said you want to and he goes I, we're gonna do it and he went over and he walked over to two people at the bar and said Argonauts back together and he comes back over and he goes I just told people we're back together we got to do it <laughs> so I was like all right um, let's do it uh, and so that's funny too because as soon as I said that I was like wildfire because I was getting shots all fucking night yeah exactly <laughs> it, it was a I was me and him it was a good time. It felt good to to, to say that, you know. To <laughs> my whole plan was just to get free drinks. Yeah. That fucking yeah. We were like, okay, we're gonna. This is awesome. We're gonna do this. So, um, contacted Booty. Booty's like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Um, and so we didn't really have Trina on board yet, <clears throat> and we're thinking, we're talking to each other, like, who do we do this? Because Trina's kind of, you know, not really in our realm of heavy music at all, but she's good. You know, and we had fun with her that day. So I went to work actually, and before we even talked to Trina, and emailed Hannah and told her, okay, me and Dave made the decision to do this. Were you serious about helping us? Because she had she had said she would help us that night too. She said, if you get together, I'll I'll help you guys with the show or something. And so she responded like within an hour, like that's awesome news. When and she was, when do you guys re realistically think? you could do a show. If we were to get ourselves together, you know, and start cracking right now in February. So the next, I didn't have internet at the time because I just moved and the next day I worked, I went into work and turned on my computer and she had like two hours after I told her February, she had February 19th at the Sunset Tavern wrapped up with the Argonaut release party. <laughs> yeah, we got back together, did the show, Seek and Destroy Showcase. It was can't forget the like right before that show, Trina Trina busted her fucking hand. Broke her hand. Yeah. And oh, she geez. already didn't know the songs that well because we had just thrown it back together and you know, we're trying to force feed her all these songs and okay, we're gonna this is what we're gonna At do. Holiday time. Yeah, during the holidays. Mm -hmm. and so uh, so she played the show with a broken hand, she could barely even play the guitar. Mm you know and uh so she, yeah we and she, i don't and think we had that that great of a, of a night. <laughs> yeah I mean, we didn't play that well it was kind of like oh and hannah made such a you know yeah like made a big deal over it and uh almost feel like we let announced that this is i put this show together because of these guys and the practice mm -hmm. schedule didn't work out like we wanted to and trina's well practice schedule trina's, fucking trina's, trina's not used to, to fucking playing butt rock she's yeah. she's more of a fucking x fan than she is a fucking nazareth fan so <laughs> broken hand, yeah, busted yeah, broken, hand, broken bunch so, of family uh, shit. She's getting evicted. Blah 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 blah. So yeah. she's all, she's all, she was all kinds of sideways. So, so we could have had a better show. comeback show, <laughs> basically. But whatever, yeah, yeah. shit happens. We you still know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah. So we, yeah, six months of dealing with Trina's demons and her basically realizing that this wasn't she wasn't ready. What she could do, she wasn't ready to play in a band or play heavy she just couldn't do the heavy thing mm -hmm. so um one night she decided she 
she quit on stage in Tacoma um, <laughs> in a big blow up. That like, was just mid mid Yeah, let me take over here. For yeah, a second. Can tell so story. okay, so <laughs> she <laughs> yeah she was she kept well what happened was originally passive aggressive. She Tacoma. didn't. She wasn't there to set up her gear, and so we set up her gear. And she didn't like the way we set it up, and I think we put her too close to Matt or something. No, no Dave set up the guitar okay, right next to each other, yeah. and they had a volume yeah. battle all night yeah. long. So, <laughs> so she was pissed off the whole time, couldn't hear herself, couldn't decipher herself from Dave and whatever. And uh, so she's yelling at everybody, I quit! I quit, and so yeah, I could hear. I was so back in the she, back of the room. She, she told us this about seven or eight times after we got done playing. She kept coming over. I quit, and then uh, we're she standing the there. Show, though. Yeah, she played the but show. Quit. Well played. I, I, yeah, she, 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 she yelled, I quit in the microphone, and I started yeah. the next song. I looked at her, laughed, and started the next song. Yeah. <laughs> so we finish up. She's, she's still quitting, 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 you know, like six or seven months. Well, no, times. and you know what? And in, my de- in my defense, I'm going to say this, and I'm throwing you under the bus. <laughs> so fuck you. So in my defense, this is when you were fucking buying just way more shit than you fucking needed. So there was no room for her. So I had no choice but to put her next to me. I knew it was a big mistake because it was going to be a clusterfuck of shit. And I was like, "Fuck it, whatever." Well, so she thought that we she did it on purpose. She thought we did it on purpose. I know you did it on purpose. And she came over to me, and Matt was standing right there. And she comes over and says, "Matt and Sayer are assholes." <laughs> <laughs> she made mind me you, a day. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. mind but you, she was like, that, she was like, <laughs> fucking. She, she forgot several so shots into the fucking. Yeah. Show, the blah, black blah, 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 blah. has lived on for a long time now. So, well, yeah. that's a Tacoma show, where the one where she yeah. quit on stage. I went, I went and talked to Dave after the show out in front of the club. I'm like, you guys need to get your guitars into like couples counseling or something, because like, just the styles weren't gelling. You know, yeah. it's just not not there. And I kind of I had said something to Dave, like if you guys ever, you know, if you if you get rid of her and you need somebody to fill in for a little bit, I'd be happy to. And I know all your songs and stuff. I'd be happy mm-hmm. to come and play a little bit so yeah, then when I heard that she had actually quit Matt and I, I think talked on Facebook and yeah, I said you know, why don't awesome. I learn a few songs and I'll come down and jam with you guys or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah we didn't know what we were going to do and we were kicking around <laughs> the ideas of a couple people I'm playing with and Chad was just like well hey I'll fill in I'll, you want me to learn songs? I'll learn songs. How many songs do you want me to learn? Which songs do you want me to learn? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And then the next day, I learned all your songs. <laughs> so if you guys need me, you know, I'm ready. You know, And so it was like, I told these guys, fuck, this guy's so enthusiastic. And, and they were both had already played in projects with him. Well, I, yeah, I played with him in Swelter. Yeah, so, so brought in Chad, and good God, it's Chad Night Baker is the best thing that has ever happened to our Night and day. since oh, yeah. so <laughs> God knows. Since Talbot. Since Talbot. Since Talbot left. Since the decline of the good, the good times. You know, seriously, Chad has come in, and it's been so fun. It really has been. And he, the recording of the new EP, Chad just kicked ass on recording, on artwork. I mean, this guy is all over that EP, and it's awesome. He really helped us out a lot. So, thanks, Chad. Mm-hmm. Did, yeah, you're did welcome. Did you do the artwork for the the new EP too? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So recorded, mixed, mastered artwork. It's just photography, photography logo yeah. redesign. <laughs> well, mixed, mixed with constant badgering. He's kicking us all out of the band now, actually. It's basically, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty much mine. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Due to the fact of the name of this thing, uh-huh. I'm gonna get into the trip, but I'll leave you out. Oh no, don't no. no. <laughs> okay. You know what? No. Because dude, it's it's but, that's yeah. part of it. Because a, he's yeah, an integral fun. part of the trip. I, I, yeah, I know, fun. I know dude, you. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll apologize. I'll apologize for my name. No, fuck but dude, it is it. it is. Tell the trip. No. That is our tour story. Yeah. You know, of all tour stories, the trip is the one. Tell the trip because like. He's gonna have to have that talk with his kid anyways. Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna start with it. Fuck it. So okay, we went, we did a tour with Vallis in 2003. Shortly after Shoot the Second Moon came tier. out, like right right after. Uh-huh. Well, we, like kind of. Yeah, we struck when the iron was kind, hot. Kind of second too. tour, but we had done some trips to Arcata yeah. and done like some five four day weekends. Yeah, yeah. This, this was our full on second. Yeah, yeah, but this was a this tour was the one that we recorded good times and the bad times after it was. Damn, it was twelve shows in, in eleven shows in twelve days, or, yeah, or 11, twelve yeah, those yeah. in twelve shows in thirteen days. We had one day off. Of man, we were good friends with Vallis before we left. The 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 sense of humor between the bands is all the same. The just interest, so like we just got along really well, and always good times when we played with this band. So yeah, let's go on a tour, mm-hmm. and uh, we you San know Francisco. halfway through mm-hmm. we're in San Francisco. And I literally woke up that day saying, I want mushrooms. Uh-huh. I want to do mushrooms. <laughs> played, yeah, we played the night before. In San Francisco. Yeah, into yeah. A, to a cave. Yeah. We'll get to that one maybe <laughs> later. And nobody there. So the feeling was like, oh, man, you know. And, and I was just, fuck it. I, this has to, I'm turning around this feeling. I'm going to have a lot of fun today. Because yeah. we had the day off in San Fran. And so... Oh, we went to hate, of course, and everyone always says, don't go to People's Park, you'll get ripped off. I walked up to People's Park because I didn't know where else to go, and this kid walked up to me like he knew. What do you want, man? I said, dude, I would love some Cubanzies. He goes, I'll be right back. <laughs> Came back with this huge bag of great-looking Cubanzies. He's like, you want anything else? I said, well, hey, man, you know, I, we all like to smoke a little bit. I'll be right back. <laughs> Within four minutes, I had a lot of you know, pot and mushrooms for a cheap price, and so I went and you know, hey guys, I got mushrooms, and everyone hope, you know, a few of us were interested, and um, so kind of just grabbed some and ate some real quick because you're in public kind of thing, and um, and Dave said no, no way, sorry Brandon Taylor, right. sorry Taylor, Brandon and I went ahead and had some fun because you know the attitude of the night before and whatnot. I'm not going to mention the unmentioned. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. Tell everything. Shut yeah. up. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> My, I had an ex-wife that was yeah. there, and she yeah. she was our uh, merchandise girl, mm-hmm. and she she went ahead and grabbed some too. So we ended up going to this like pop culture store. It's kind of like a Spencer's at uh-huh. first. It's on hate. Right. We're talking and just kind of hanging out and looking at stuff. And Scott comes over and starts talking to me, and we're talking about the show and whatever. And so, you know, I had just eaten them, and we went to the store, and um, we're talking three minutes after I ate this, you know, chunk of mushrooms. Me and Scott are talking, and in between us was this cartoon cutout of Bozo the Clown. Now, Bozo didn't do anything. But he was there. (laughs) These mushrooms started hitting me, and so Scott's talking to me, and I keep looking to my right at this Bozo the Clown cutout, and I finally just fixate on it. And Scott looks at me and goes, dude, what's up? And I just look at Bozo, I look at Scott, I go, I gotta go outside. (laughs) And so Scott follows me outside and goes, they're that good? I go, dude, I'm I'm gonna get hit hard. He goes, give me some. So Scott ends up eating some too. (laughs) So Dave, at this point, is basically... I actually started yeah, drinking. You know, actually, I actually started drinking. He has four 
crazy people on a leash. He's yeah. keeping us out. You know, man, we were these mushrooms were great. So we we started like really having a good time. Anything and everything that was said was putting us into fits of laughter that was causing tears to spew out of our eyes. We there was this band called Fear Itself. The drummer's name was Bobby. Yeah, you so go. we had this whole thing. He used to come out when uh, they played in Tacoma. You know, they were a total 80s hair metal band total still in the 90s. They were, they were gonna, mm. you know, they were still living the dream. And uh, <laughs> so he'd get his whole giant 12-piece drum kit set up and then come out and he's all buff and he would wear like Speedos. Speedo bike shorts and he had this huge blonde hairdo. And he'd go walk to the bar like this in his, in his Speedos right before they got done ready to play and grab a beer, you know, and so... So we were <laughs> making so fun of Bobby. So the whole time we were making fun of yeah, Bobby, Bobby itself. itself. We called Bobby itself, and we're so making we, up uh, all these fake oh, beauty products. Yeah, beauty yeah. products. We're like he probably, you know, it was like it was like use beautiful Bobby's. Bobby's Body buffing butter all by itself. <laughs> you know, Brandon would and say so this, and the four of us would just erupt in the laughter. We were walking down this kept crowded street, <laughs> and there was like this ten foot space. People were looking at us and giving us room, kind of thing. As we we're just, like, ah! you know, laughing, just looking insane at body Bobby's beautiful buffing butter. <laughs> well, yeah. So we end up walking through the city, just just tripping balls, yeah. and. We pretty much end up in like who knows what part of town. We're just like we walked all the way down into down the these, financial district, yeah. and it was like when the it was five o'clock when the suits and ties were walking out on the street. That's when we were getting the wide berth of people, definitely. And we're you know, just still at times leaning against walls, tears spurting out of our eyes, laughing. We end up getting to the Bart. And knowing that we have to get back to El Cerrito. Well, bef oh, before, before that, we went part, to the though, Mexican, Mexican restaurant. Well, that's like, still on yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we gotta like, get back. Somehow we decided that we needed to eat, even though we were on mushrooms. <laughs> and uh, so we went to this Mexican restaurant, and we were like probably the only people in there. There was only a few more people in there. Yeah. And so we're all sitting there, and we like ordering our food, and we're just like, Looking at the food, going, "What the hell are we doing <laughs> just here?" Laughing. Just laughing, <laughs> laughing, and we, we could not stop laughing, and it was just completely ridiculous. The people, <laughs> the people that were like, in uh, there, fucking booked. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah people were not. They thought we were too far yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. So then we go back to the Bart to get. Yeah, we end up back at the Bart, and uh, we. <laughs> yeah, we know we have to get back to Clint's house, so we end up back in El Cerrito just laughing on the subway the whole way there, and it's kind of a long Bart ride. People still just kind of giving us a look the whole way back to El Cerrito. You guys like laughed your way th all the yeah. way through San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, my, uh, literally my cheeks were hurting, my eyes hurt because so many tears had come out, my ducks were struggling to create water, my, my ribs hurt, man, and we get to Clint's house and me and my ex just buried ourselves in the van, just hit you know we're because we're still pretty high <laughs> everyone else goes inside the house and just hanging out and we're just kind of chilling out there still laughing about the day and all of a sudden the van door opens when clint goes we know your secret come inside <laughs> so, yeah that pretty much is the end of the, we went inside just kind of talked until we all chilled out and calmed down and, uh, but yeah that day was just complete chaos man yeah, like 10 hours passed in what seemed like two <laughs>
have to talk about Bobo. I mean, yes. Bobo from uh, Finding Bigfoot. Uh, if you've ever seen it on Animal Planet, which I like to call. No, I've never seen it. But you mentioned this. Bigfoot. This was the one thing that you mentioned to me when we were talking about doing Bobo, this. You were like, I got to tell you the Bobo's story. Bobo's a vital history of Argonaut touring. Yeah. <laughs> he's well for those. I've never watched it. People who don't know, yeah, <laughs> he's a got a show on Planet. Animal Planet called Finding Bigfoot, uh -huh. and I. Like, and they like never I said, do. it should be called Not Finding Bigfoot. Yeah, and it's on Animal Planet. They, yeah, right. Why, why? And, uh, so it's got cable. <laughs> Bigfoot's an animal. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Bobo That's is... Uh, <laughs> they get squatches. Yeah, he's kind of a Sasquatch himself. He's about like seven feet tall. He's a huge, huge monster of a guy. About the size you'd want to be if you were going to put on fake feet. Yeah, exactly. And make footprints right, all over yeah. the woods. Yeah. <laughs> and have a show about yeah. it. <laughs> so, so we were playing with a band called The Hitch. The Hitch, really good band. And, uh, really yeah, we, we used they'd come up here and play shows. We'd go down there to Arcata and play shows, and uh, we became really good buddies. And we went down there to play. And where was that at? And that was, was some brewery in in, in Arcata. In Arcata, yeah. We played. And uh, we played like three different places down there. Right, the alibi. The alibi. Yeah, I don't remember which place it was, but we we're all standing around before a, the show. That was just a weird night, the Windwalker. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, this guy comes okay. in and he's just huge and tall, big hairy guy, and he's wearing shorts and these flip leather flip flops with spikes coming out of them. And of course, we all kind of notice him as he comes in, and we're kind of looking at each other like, "Whoa, but who is that?" Prelude to that, the hitch was telling us that. You know, there's this guy Bobo that yeah, comes he's, and he's, he's you know, because we'd asked about yeah. Bigfoot and stuff. There's yeah. a guy Bobo will probably show up tonight. He's a Bigfoot hunter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't question Bigfoot. Like, don't argue with him because because he'll fight. You. He'll get mad yeah, he, and he's oh, beat yeah. people up. He's gotten pissed. You know, fights have happened. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, back to yeah. So well, anyway, you guys can uh, take over any point because I just okay. So <laughs> yeah, Bobo kind of walks in and just kind of you know. We're playing our set, whatever he's in. It, yeah, I guess he, I don't remember. I he's doing. rocking to it, and he, he good guy. But as soon as we're done, you know, just right in our face. Hey, I'm Jim. People call us. People call me Bobo. No, well, yeah. well no, how how it happened was like we were done. We're loading up. We're just. Oh just, yeah. And we're we're fucking shit housed. <laughs> We've been drinking all fucking day. Really good craft beer. Just. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're leaning up against a jukebox. All of a sudden, I hear fucking. Well, there's. I like, hear "Shake Me" by Cinderella. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like quiet right. And just all, all this shit. Yeah, and we're yeah. like, yeah, and like yeah. fucking. So Jim comes up, <laughs> full picture of like this amber. Is like. This is my set list you're rocking out too. <laughs> and he notices that we're not drinking because we're fucking done. We've been, been drinking, drinking all, day. all day. We're so. done. It's like, were you not drinking pussy's hair? I was like, drink this. Okay. He gives us his picture <laughs> to drink out of. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, then we all go outside, and, and, yeah, and he, he, he comes he, up to say we're, we're talking, well, <laughs> oh. first, the first trip wasn't the Spider-Man tattoo one yet. Okay, I'll tell that, that was, one following that this one. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, the yeah, first right. one is he's a, you know, we've heard don't argue with this dude about right. it. So, so I... And he's going into great... Dude, I can't, I couldn't... Squatch experience. I couldn't keep it to myself. I had to ask him about Bigfoot, but not piss him off, you know? So, yeah, like, yeah. I heard you're a Squatch hunter. Yep. 
So you've seen, you know, just kind of casually. I was like, so you've seen a Bigfoot? And you look at me, and he goes, duh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm secretly videotaping the whole time. And I'm scared every time Bobo even looks my direction. I'm like, oh no, put that thing away. <laughs> he goes, so he goes, me, he goes you know, after that, I kind of, you know, snicker a bit. And I go, he goes, yeah, I go, I'm just kind of looking. He goes, I'll take you where a big male is right now. I said, well. So we're like, we're yeah, not, let's yeah. go. I, yeah, we were. We are not doing anything tomorrow. Let's go. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you don't. No, go you don't want to go. You don't want to go. Out you don't want to go. No, 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 let's let's go. Nah, nah, nah. nah, 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 nah you don't want to go. I don't want to take. You know, I took the Discovery Channel out there and showed them where Mel was. They even fucking give me gas money. So he he. He's telling me these stories about, you know, Bigfoot. Meanwhile, Brandon is in the van kind of filming him, and we've got a sweet tour video of this little trip, which is amazing. I'm laughing at my pillow. Yeah, Brandon made a tour video of, like, two or three little trips that he pieced together. But this one, he's got it. So he's sitting in the car in the van with, like, the door kind of open a crack, and he's holding the camera, and he's got it just so down, you know, he's basically spy filming Bobo and there's a there's a point where Bobo's telling the story but all of a sudden just looks basically dead at the camera and he booty pulls it <laughs> <laughs> oh no he pulls but it we got great footage of Bobo talking about talking to the hitch guys about and I'm putting together a squatch comp you guys should be on it and like I think yeah, it was either exactly. I think it was either Bonner or, or Sean was like well we don't have any squatch songs it's like just take some of your songs to put squatch lyrics on yeah, it yeah change the lyrics and this is the best this is the best part of that whole fucking story because there are elements of this next part that is fucking funny the band name involved and the amount of songs that this particular band had contributed Pretty Boy Lucifer's already got six songs on the cop and we're like oh, fuck. Pretty Boy Lucifer Pretty Boy oh. Lucifer I wonder what kind of awesome wine tea fucking shit did you come up with for Sasquatch yeah, so like after that, after that night that's pretty much that was awesomeness. We go back down the second trip, and Bobo wasn't at the show. He we was like, at a birthday. He was at no. his birthday party. No, he was at his birthday party. He didn't. That was the night that fucking Brandon got his thumb ripped off. That I was. <laughs> no, the second time was when he was in jail. Oh right. Oh, yeah. that's right. Pickup. Uh-huh. So the oh. second time, we're like, "Where's Bobo? <laughs> ah, he's in the clink right now." <laughs> and due to the area that he lives, Humboldt County, a lot of people are involved in the weed trade. Yeah. So uh, what happened? Well, he was transporting a pickup truck full of plants, and he basically <laughs> just had bricks holding a tarp down. And the, the tarp and blew off, and there happened to be a state trooper. <laughs> so you know, this this tarp blows off, and the state trooper just has plants just coating his car. Yeah. Has to, in Humboldt, they try to do everything they can not to arrest. Yeah, the they pretty much just let it go because it, the county makes a lot of money off it. But Mar- if weed plants are flying out of the exactly. back, exactly, they got no choice. They got no choice. If your car is getting coated <laughs> with weed plants, you know, but, yeah, that was yeah. kind of great to hear. Bobo was in the clink because of uh, you know coating it. <laughs> Having to pick a bed full of weed plants, and then the third time third we went trip, down, yes. uh, like was when he he showed up again, and we played. And this it was his bir- and it was his birthday, yeah. And he yeah. was like, "Oh, he's where's Bobo? Oh, it's his birthday. He's at this restaurant that specializes in, in exotic meats." <laughs> That's right, like Yeti. Yeah, no, like like literally like fucking hippo meat. I just. Yeah. 
basically illegal shit, right? Yeah, like yeah. bush meats, basically. Yeah, so yeah. hippo and monkey and lion and all this. <laughs> Why the fuck are you eating this shit kind of meats, you know? It's like, like Bill, Bill Burr was fucking nightmares like ah and so we play the show and he shows up at the end of the night and we're like hey Bobo man you know we missed you last time blah, blah, blah. me and Scott are talking to him and he's telling us you know about telling us another Squatch story yeah telling us his birthday he tells, starts telling us another Squatch story and stuff and in the middle of Squatch story you know my when I was 18 I've been a Spider-Man fan my whole life so I was dumb and went and got a Spider-Man tattoo on my leg I still like it but it gets teased I don't care and Bobo teased it so he yeah. notices it. Like he's in mid-sentence, he's just like, yeah, the squat squats, you know, I heard this call, and then, is that a Spider-Man tattoo? Yeah. What are you, some kind of geek or something? <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, he hunts Bigfoot. <laughs> so, you know, it's a trade-off. I got a Spider-Man tattoo. He's hunting a fictitious beast in the woods. So, you know, well, he did teach he's us the Sasquatch call. Too. Yeah. Was like, <laughs> it's kind of like this. And it was oh, on TV. Oh. No, it's more like this. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, and so that second time, you know, he tells us, yeah. he's like, yeah, I just took Animal Planet out to the woods, you know, to show him where this guy is, and I'll show him calls and stuff like that, and yeah, you know, it's going to be on this certain date. <laughs> so I remember sitting in my house, and I was like, whoa, this, you know, and I, this is the date. We called and bullshit. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, we were like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I remember well, it was the just... date, so I started thumbing through the listings, and sure as shit, there's on Animal Planet a Bigfoot yeah. show, and I turn it on, start recording on the DVR, and Big and Bobo right there doing the Squatch call yeah. right up the side of the mountain <laughs> in his shorts and, and hiking boots. It was great, man. So, yeah, he, <laughs> then he ends up being on this, you know, Finding Bigfoot show yeah. post. Oh, so anyway, later that night, the Hitch guys had a club set up out in the industrial side of town, like in the warehouse somewhere, and they never advertised the address. It was just you had to know where. Pretty it much was. underground, kind of all in shit. BYOB, yeah, whatever. So, a lot of college kids would go. Yeah, there. I think they they had kegs. They were actually yeah, selling yeah. beer or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So they had this big stage they built in there, and it was all like uh, that press board stuff. And uh, and, and this, then in the middle in the was middle. this giant circular metal. The only way I could describe <laughs> it was like a giant metal lazy Susan. And I guess yeah, it, and I guess yeah. it was for working on big diesel engines. You put it yeah. on there, and they three sixty it around. Uh -huh. So yeah, we just so kind of like wow, we're just on the stage. Yeah, yeah, it's the drum riser. It's the drum riser basically. It's kind of like having a massive in the round thing for the drums on stage. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, and then they tell us right before we go play, it's like, you know, the thing actually spins around, but nobody's ever spun it before. You so know? Argonaut being as so, dumbass yeah. as so we, we are, we're like, we'll be the first band yeah. to do it. So we finish our set, and it's then like, like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Brandon Booty on drums, and it's like, his drums are still there. It was me, I think it was me you and Scott. Scott. No, spun I was it. on so it they too. All three of this thing. And he's and doing, doing a drum solo. So and the <laughs> drums, they're slowly like working their way out and then falling off the edge. And it's like, cameras go around and around a circle. And so finally, I stand up, and then the only thing left is like the kick drum. And so I stand up and I put my hands in the air, yeah, and I kick over the kick drum. And then Scott thinks it would be funny at that point to tackle me <laughs> from the side. And so he tackles me, and we go falling down off this thing onto the stage, like two layers of it. And, uh, and it's all that press board wood, like I said. So I get up, and I'm like, oh, man, he's on top of me. We're like like at least four feet down from where we were at 
You get up, my thumb was just burning. I thought I smashed it. So I look at it, and there's a, like a toothpick-sized chunk of wood going in one side and then coming straight out in the middle Whoa. of my thumbnail. And uh, Out of the middle and, of the nail? Yeah, oh, and it Whoa. came in here and went out there. And so I look at it, and I'm like, oh, crap. It's just sticking through my thumb. So I just yank it out real quick, oh, and then uh, some guy was like, "Somebody get this man some pills!" And I sit down. <laughs> Literally, seconds. That's not a band aid. Like, boom, 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 and uh, so anyway, so it, it's like totally ripped through my thumbnail, and as uh, just showing you, it still hasn't healed. It's just always a uh, a ripped up, you know, yeah, nail. But uh, so we're yeah. So you wake up the next day. I'm you driving. Look to see if there's still some wood in there. Or something? Oh yeah, you got they, I had they surgery. Yeah, they had yeah, to remove yeah, yeah, a bunch right. of yeah. So we're driving on the 101. <laughs> He's in pain. I'm hungover as fuck and just, oh god, this is gonna suck. And I'm driving and I'm like getting sicker and sicker driving. It's the 101. Mm -hmm. doing this yeah, and yeah. Like, I'm getting sick and I can't figure out why I know that something, I'm smelling something that's making me want to fucking puke. So it's like, I thought it was the tree that I had in the van. I was like, throw that out. It's like, no, I'm fucking. And I look over, I go, Dude, we gotta take you to a hospital. Your fucking thumb's making me sick. <laughs> yeah, it was already infected. <laughs> yeah, it, it got oh, nasty. Uh -huh. So, you're yeah. driving. You can smell we, the yeah, thumb. Yeah, we're it. driving to Kansas City. Yeah. He's in pain. Oh, I'm out the window. Yeah, <laughs> brutal. Oh. Yeah. God, that's so we, you, that's we where you start the, with cleaning the wound and then move yeah, to pills. So, we, yeah. uh, <laughs> pills <laughs> come next. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. So we go in this clinic, and the fucked up part, and this is why I started working out. We're not at the fucked up part. Yeah. The fucked up no. part, they, they carry him in, and then I'm just sick. I'm like, oh, and the fucking doctor looks at me and like, oh my god, no wonder you're sick. Are you diabetic? I'm like, motherfucker, am I that fucking fat? <laughs> oh, so anyway, so I go in, and they, the nurses there, they have to, you know, clean me up, whatever. They're like, ask me. How in the heck did you do this? You know, and so I was telling the story, and they're just like, "Wow, we've never had a rock star in here before." <laughs> no, I'm not really a rock. Well, well, you have a CD. Can we have one? Can you autograph it? So they had me autograph our CD and give it to them, and they thought I was the biggest rock star. Yeah, anyone who plays been. on a rotating drum platform, right? Obviously, Must be. has yeah. some clout. Uh -huh. That's right. That's Our very first trip down to California, the first stop on Eureka with the ICP chick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. and, and going into Dave's yeah. episode at the bakery. When I hear so, ICP, I, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, the very I love any kind of <coughs> news about 
very first time out of town we're in arcada i mean eureka for the first show mm-hmm. at the show people come up to us hearing that we're from tacoma one guy that just cannot stand still he's bouncing around he's almost jumping he goes hey man you guys got some of that good south tacoma crank and we're like all of us no <laughs> and he just stops all of a sudden that's what makes him stop moving how can you not do crank and be from tacoma you know, kind of thing, and so already we could tell the night was going to be great. Um, so there was, it was a fun night. At the end of the, at the end of the show, we were we were told that we could end up crashing at this bar. Like this guy lets bands kind of pass out behind the bar type of thing, and mm-hmm. so. So I we're bring, ready for yeah, it. I bring that guy this up. This guy in Talbot. No, 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 no. No, I bring that guy up, and I bring it up to the guy. I mean, his name is Bob, and and there was a. a a girl that a Native American girl that had hung out for a while and she was still at the bar and he she hears me bring this up to Bob and she goes, You can go stay at my place and Bob goes, There you go. Why don't you go stay at her place? And we're like, Okay. All right, here you go. So we, we start heading to her place. Well the thing that the thing that sold the, the thing that sold at least the, those oh, two she told us she, <laughs> she had pills. <laughs> so it's like we're like, Oh, okay. Oh. We're heading to her place, and on the way there, she, she, she says, "Well, you know, I don't got a whole lot of room. It's a single wide. It's a single wide. <laughs> I got one of those places that people laugh at, you know." And we were like, "Okay." And we get to this what looks like a storage unit trailer park, and it's all gravel. And we pull in, and she has literally her house is one of those um, sit in the back of a pickup truck trailer campers. Oh, that yeah, and so the like the top her bed is on the top part that goes over the the pickup. It's a fifth wheel. Yeah, (laughs) but there's no pickup underneath this thing. Like it's sitting on the posts and everything. This is her house. It's a fancy. It's a fancy fifth wheel because the motherfucker had a sliding glass door. Yeah, so me and Dave um, were the biggest sissies easily of the band, and so. I was the first one to the door. She opens up the door, and I look in, and the smell of cat piss just slapped me in the face. I look to my left, and she's got a chock-full litter box that has stuff coming out onto the floor. And right next to that litter box is the toilet, sitting right in the middle of the kitchen with no walls around it. Yeah. So, I got one of those walls. Remember when you were a kid, how they separate the gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. yeah that's how her rooms were separated. Yeah. And they could see your bed next to the fucking toilet. And then I, look, I, then I, you know, I kind of pan the kitchen full of dirty ass dishes go to my right and her bed like living room is just two couches a wall of crap <laughs> stuff is just piled everywhere Scott and Booty are like cold beds I was like I'm sleeping in the truck and Dave looks in me too and so I we had taken two cars on this tour I slept in one car and Dave slept in the truck that had the gear these guys went inside now Brandon yeah. Brandon yeah, so takes we, over at this point. <laughs> so me and Scott are like, what the hell? Oh, a by the way, I only got one pill. It's a cow. Yeah, she didn't have anything. Uh, <laughs> Why do people so, who live in a place like that invite people back to their house? I it's know. Always, it's always, <laughs> yeah. It's such a For mystery. Comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, comedy purposes. So at that point, it's like, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning. We're just like, whatever. We're just going to sleep. It doesn't matter. We've got, you know, she's got a couple of couches. We lay down on the couches and we're expecting that we're going to go to sleep. And so then she decides that, you know, she's just getting the party started. <laughs> and so her stereo is right in the middle of the two couches, you know. So she goes over there and cranks ICP <laughs> on her stereo oh, for God. like 
another two hours, and I don't even know why we even stayed in there, but we laid there and tried to sleep while she just stood there right in between us playing, uh, my axe is my buggy. <laughs> and here I'm kind of laying there going, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Is this chick like going to murder us in the middle you know, of the night? What is going on here? So, come morning time, well, you guys slept. Yeah, well, Cause we come morning time, some, yeah, um, I woke up. This is where this this story gets a little gross and <laughs> embarrassing for me. But I don't give a crap. This you is what you guys hooked up with the ICP? Uh, no, no, no hookups with the ICP. These fucking right dickheads are trying to get me to fuck her. I was like, yeah. oh, no! So, so at at the bar that we played the night before, I ate a really good fish sandwich that was a bit on the greasy side. So when I woke up in the morning, I basically woke up with the urge of I. I had to shit. It wasn't a, a case of can I hold it. It was I have so much time to find a place to shit because I'm going now kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I go to the there. You know, I'm willing to poop in this kitchen with the toilet and just look at these guys. Even. I'm knocking on the door and nobody answers. And I'm like, oh, dude. So I turn around and look and there's this other single wide shack trailer that all night the door was wide open and there's music blasting out of this thing. For a split second I thought of just barging into that house and using their toilet but you know then I, the betterness of you know somebody on crank and hitting me with an uh, axe or something like that like Brandon was just saying hit came over me so I was just like this trailer park literally had no trees nothing no bushes no vegetation at all it was a gravel parking lot and everybody was parked like like you would in a parking lot. It was like, luckily, lucky for me, it was like 5.45 in the morning and we had a roll of toilet paper in the car. And I, again, like I said, I could not, I could not hold it. I grabbed Easter Sunday, Yeah, it's Easter Sunday. So I grabbed the trailer into the truck and I just put one right in the middle of the parking lot. Just boom. And, you know, take care of it. And I, I kind of cover it with the toilet paper, you know, to try, I mean, as if that's going to help anything. And then I actually take some of the gravel and kind of put it on there too, you know. And so, and <laughs> I, I bury my poop as, as good as I can in the middle of this parking lot of this trailer court and you know the guys come out and they're just like great <laughs> it's Easter Sunday yeah. some kid's gonna come running over here hey daddy some chocolate you know or something but you know it was just one of those times it's a chocolate eating that goes, that goes to show when sometimes on tour bathrooms are not accessible and you have to live the camping life in the middle of urban settings even so um Later, we went down to San Fran on this one, and it was Dave's first trip into San Fran. And his dad had always told him about how great the Chinatown is. No, he act, no, no. He told me no, 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 what? no. He didn't. Oh, oh, I thought he told you. So to go there. here's the deal. So I'm thinking, okay, Chinatown. All right, I'm gonna get some baked goods in Chinatown. Regardless, you were you were excited to go to the yeah. San I was excited to go to Chinatown because I wanted to get some real Chinese baked goods. Because you know, as a kid, we'd always go to the you know the bakeries in Seattle and always got really good baked. Chinese stuff, you know. Mm. So I figured, all right, this is, yeah, Chinatown. I go in now, mind you. When I would, there's a distinct difference. I found out the hard way. There's a distinct <laughs> difference between Seattle's International District, Honolulu's fucking Chinatown, and Chinatown in San Francisco. Uh -huh. China International District in Seattle. You go to a bakery, you pick a number, they take your order. Boom, done. Civilized. Mm -hmm. Honolulu same thing mm -hmm. not the same in fucking San Fran apparently these fuckers are FOB still uh, you know however many years these fuckers have been living in Chinatown they're still like <laughs> doing things how they would in China all yeah. rude and like people don't queue 
They don't. <laughs> my my dumb ass cued. <laughs> All the while, these fucking like these Yoda-looking ladies who just like grabbing shit, cutting in front of me, and I'm waiting. Forty-five minutes goes by. The fucking I'm still cueing. It, it was a long time. I wouldn't say it's forty-five minutes, but but meanwhile, we're outside talking. Me me Dave and Brand. I mean me Scott and Brandon. We're we're hanging out and you know start. Dude, he's been in there for a while, you know. And it, what's going on? And, and the whole time, Dave was, I don't, you know, I'm going to get this. I'm so excited. I want to see this. So I end I'm up going into the bakery, and what I see immediately when I walk up People is Dave standing in the back of the room, right? <laughs> and he's standing there rather meekly, kind of with his hands in his pockets, just kind of stands looking forward. People are filing by me, walking straight <laughs> to the counter like Dave said. <laughs> yelling their order and they're literally stuffing the stuff in bags, throwing it out throwing of the table. And, and people are walking out. There's no <laughs> politeness whatsoever. Yeah, there's well, no, I, I popped in with a video camera too. Yeah, yeah, and just make it fun of me. There's, there's, like, no, there's no line whatsoever. So yeah, I walk up like, to Dave and I go, dude, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm waiting my turn. <laughs> and I go, dude, there, I go, I'm like, I, I kind of point at the counter. I go, there is no turn, Dave. And he goes, I'm not going to be that way. And I was like, Dave, get in there, man. And he's like, no. I go, I go what do you want, dude? I'll get it for you. I'm leaving. And Dave turns around and walks out. It just pissed, just walks out. And, you know, so I follow him out, and he's just so upset. What do you want, Dave? What do you want? No. So we make it. We filmed him make a, a saying, I got jacked in Jimmy Town. Jimmy Town coming from Jimmy Wah, the reference of uh, Good Day in Vietnam. Sorry, but Dave has caught a lot of shit for being Asian in our band, and, and he's a gracious guy for doing so. Um, so yeah, that we we've called Dave Jimmy due to Jimmy Wong. And the, the funny thing about the whole Chinatown thing, I, I talked to my dad about it, and I have to preface this by saying my dad is the only Japanese redneck that I know. Like he'll fucking make fun of anybody and like just rank on their ethnicity, especially other Asians. Other Asians are known for being racist against other oh, yeah, Asians. Yeah. So I talked to my dad about it, and I go, Dad, fucking, what, what the fuck's up with San Francisco? Oh, my God, you went there? What a fucking shithole. This is my dad talking to me. It's like, oh, what a waste of fucking time. You went to San Francisco, Chinatown? Fuck those fucking coolies. They fucking, no wonder you got shit service. Those, those people are fucking animals down there. Thanks, Dad. It was great. I got to show these guys also in Chinatown. There's these lions that mark all the like starts of the street in the beginning of it where it starts. And uh, two years before this tour, me and my ex went down with some family members on a trip, and there was this homeless guy walking through Chinatown with a, puck, a bucket of black paint and a paintbrush, and he was dipping the paintbrush in it in the paintbrush. I mean, in the paint, and then putting it in his mouth. Sucking on the paintbrush, and he was just like going, nah, nah. He's, uh, seriously, just this weird, nah, 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 nah. and he dipped the paintbrush in the paint and suck on it, and then all of a sudden he sees the lions and he starts painting their tongues black. When we went down on tour, the tongues were still black. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I saw these tongues get painted black by the fucking craziest homeless guy you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Maybe the tongues just need to get painted black every Some, so often. Right. He's the guy that does it, and the yeah. paint's really toxic. Yeah. And that's how we ended up that way. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we went over to Montana, Missoula, and we played this place called Bucks Club. And a great place. What was the name of the band? I don't remember. But they were, they were nice guys. But um, kind of from Montana. 
<laughs> like they're they're they they were playing heavy music, but uh, about five years behind at least where mm -hmm. everyone else was because they yeah. were in Montana. Uh, and in Montana, they were not part of like the Wantage Records scene. They were part mm -hmm. of the wannabe Metallica metal scene. Yeah. And yeah, we were doing a cover of Sin City, put it that way, and, and we did our cover and. Uh, when they came up, they did TNT, and it was like the singer was just over the top. Just oh man, it was almost embarrassing. But okay, so as we're setting up, my my bass tone is I use a lot of low end, um, and sometimes in the past, some of the guys sound guys like to go yeah, the like I, those the sound I guys that come straight out of the Art Institute, right? That think that in a hundred person club they need to take a four ten and two fifteen cabinet Mesa boogie setup direct into the soundboard they're just you know it's stupid especially with my tone and most of them the good ones would see it and put a mic in front of me all good you know right. no problem the ones that just got out of school would insist on this direct box and so they they would plug in the direct box and i'd Start giving them a sound. Time, yes, every single shit. time I'd give them their sound, and they'd be like, "Dude, your weight, you know, the low end, blah gotta blah." Turn blah. Down, gotta turn down. And I'd be like, "Hey, look, it's my tone, man. If you used a mic, it'd be a lot better." And this guy was just like, "You know, okay, you know, turn down a little bit." So I, you know, there's like a cliff. I run it about these days. I've been running a little bit hotter. Back then, I'd run just over two on my Mesa boogie, but about just under, like at the one and three quarters to one and a half, there's a total cliff there where it drops from you can hear it to nothing almost so I was right on the edge of that and he wanted me to turn down more mm -hmm. and then he started saying well you need to change your tone and that's when I just said <laughs> I go look dude I'm not turning down anymore I'm not changing my tone it's time to go to school pissed him the fuck off because I was already irritated he's like you turn down or I'm taking you out of the mix go ahead I said go yeah, for good. it man I'm I'll at one and three quarters I literally said I go go for it man I'm at one and three quarters <laughs> Okay, fine. Took me out of the mix. I turned up to four, and I was just fine. Yeah, he was yeah. so pissed. He was just like trying to push his shit more, and I could see him, and he was just staring at me with his red face, and I was just kind of playing the whole set to him. Meanwhile, Scott, there was a there was a really really attractive bartender there that was really nice to us and stuff. But Scott got he whenever we went on a road trip, basically as soon as the gas the foot hit the gas pedal. Scott would start hitting the course lights. So he shows up at this place and he's just like, Bobby! Everything that he's saying was to this girl in a way like And the and the, and Bobby's bar back who worked the kitchen, real nice lady. But for some reason it goes, Hey, if you guys want to get in a fight, go to the elbow rooms. Like no, I don't want to get in a fight. <laughs> yeah. That is a popular pastime. Yeah, we were, uh, yeah, we were told that if you know, really yeah, if you want to get in a fight, fight, go to elbow rooms. Like, okay. Yeah. The best part about that, though, um, was the it was five it was five dollar steak night. But and since it's Montana, it's, yeah, it's good. Oh yeah. man! <laughs> well, I was earlier before we started this. I was talking about uh, during we were down in San Francisco. We stayed with uh, Scott's cousin Casey, and uh, <laughs> oh, so yeah. we were uh, hanging out with Casey, and <clears throat> we had brought a little bit of weed with us from Washington, and. Uh, Casey had a friend come over, this old guy we referred to as Feck. If you ever saw The River's Edge uh, with oh, Crispin yeah, Glover, yeah, yeah. Feck was the, the old guy. Dennis Hopper's character. Oh, he's yeah. the Hopper uh -huh. character. Okay. Yeah. 
So he's countering Mana's effect, you know. And, uh, he, so that's not good. Yeah. So anyway, before he gets there, Casey Scott's cousin is like, "Let me see that. Let me see that weed you guys got." He's looking at. It, he's like, "Looks like uh, indica with some northern lights in there." And we're like, okay, like, whatever. I mean, it's we call weed. it weed. Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. So so anyway, so Feck shows up a little while later, and. First thing he does, he says, oh, let me, let me take a look at that weed. And he's looking at it, he said, looks like a cross between Northern Lights and Indica. So we thought either they really yeah. knew their shit or this was just a That's universally true. thing, universal yeah, thing that they that. said. They always just say, say yeah. <laughs> Pretend yeah. like they know a lot. Yeah, <laughs> the, the troubadour. Yeah. Oh, Dave's the shower in the troubadour. Yeah. Okay, we played the troubadour in L.A. Uh -huh. Right, and first shower. It's like the whiskey mm. and the troubadour. Go Second way tour. Way back, debaucherous hair metal yeah, days yeah. and all that. It, so, yeah. um, we we played with caustic play resin, uh -huh. and the were it was funny because on this tour we on this show particularly we played with the best band besides us and Ballast, which is caustic caustic resin. And the worst band of all time, mm -hmm. called Snake vs. Wizard, <laughs> with the worst title. They were the in the middle of their set. The guitar player put down his guitar and just started running around the open floor, like waving his arms in the air. And I remember I was like, <laughs> "I was me, Van, singer of Caustic Resin. Sorry, I can't remember his name. He was a really nice guy, but we we're just all kind of." I looked down and we all had the same look on our face, just jaw dropped, just like, why? <laughs> you know, these guys were horrible. So anyway, Caustic Resin played next, amazing fucking set, it was great. And we had a good set, uh, Van and Vallis played a good set. So at the end of the night, we're kind of hanging out, having fun. There's a shower in the Troubadour that the bands can use. Now, <laughs> if you think about the past of the Troubadour oh, yeah. and the debauchery mm -hmm. and everything, imagine. the, the, the DNA coating... Lee had in there. Yeah, the <laughs> DNA coating on that shower is like three inches thick at least. So Dave's all, I'm taking a shower! Jumps on in that thing, just loving it. And the rest, and I, one guy goes like, doesn't he realize he's going to get dirtier going in that thing? Than <laughs> if he would have just stayed out. Uh, yeah. Here's a funny thing about that I knew that <laughs> I knew that it was just like I looked at it and went it's a shower but then I went it's a troubadour how many chicks in Blackie Lawless butt fuck in the shower <laughs> you know what I'm gonna fucking take a shower and rub one out in the shower just, <laughs> just to say that I did that just to say yeah. that you were in there this it's kind of like joining my contribution club. to the fucking <laughs> cocky yeah. party yeah good point yeah it's kind of like joining the mile high club yeah, right. yeah well, I, I used the shower at the I used the yeah. shower the troubadour. Uh, yeah, and I use yeah. the shower drinking, <laughs> drinking the snake water at the <laughs> sell T-shirts that say that. Yeah, you, oh, you and I Axel. used. Now yeah. that Dave said that, one, you know, at least this is probably my last one. Uh, we 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 stayed with Mike Scheidt of Yob. Um, on one of our trips. Oh, in Eugene. Or? Yeah, in yeah. Eugene. Mike, actually, when Yob Yob's first show out of. Oregon at all was with us at the, in Tacoma. We we played some shows with them in the beginning. It was Mike's oh, great. Cool. When when they just about a year ago when they played the Highline, 
Uh-huh. I mean, we, I haven't seen him since we broke up. Was that stuff. the show where the fire alarm went off and kept going off through the, the whole <laughs> yeah. fucking show? Yeah. That drove me crazy, actually. Yeah. I had to leave. I love so, you all, but I was with like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, with yeah. Helms. Yeah, so, I mean, I hadn't seen him forever, but when he saw me, it was just like he came up and just gave a huge hug. It was, it was awesome. He was a really nice guy. It was great talking to him again. But we, we stayed at their house, and we played the show, and we go back to Mike's house, and, and Dave, you know, it looks at Mike and his girlfriend and goes, do you mind if I use your bathroom? And they're like, yeah, no problem. I mean, do you mind if I use your bathroom? <laughs> to which we're all just like, what do you mean by this, Dave? <laughs> like, are you just going to coat it with fecal matter and semen? What's going on? But he's like, you know, I just, you know. I don't, I don't want to upset anybody. You know? Well, it's because he stays in there for like yeah, two hours. Yeah, exactly. So. Dave is, Dave's camps mm-hmm. out in the in the bathroom yeah. and has good times. <laughs> I read books. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were just like when Dave went in there, they just kind of look at us. Why? Why would he ask us if he can <laughs> use the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Eventually, no one else will be able to get in there for at least six hours. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted to be, be considered, but at the same time, it's just like if there's a bathroom, I'm using it, I'm going to pretend it's my house, I'm going to shit in the shower, which means I'm in there for at least two hours. I'm reading. <laughs> oh, whatever. and the muckle shoot, <laughs> music and muckle shoot. Now, this is this is a hometown story. I grew up in Auburn with uh-huh. a lot of my friends with the muckle shoot Indian in the muckle shoot Indian tribe. Now, the muckle shoot Indians basically just do not give a fuck. <laughs> That's how they live life. It's awesome. I, I really respect it. They don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> um, so they had this thing called music and muckle shoot. And they booked some punk bands instead of like, you know, portrait. this is supposed to be their big community. Right. Like, let's bring the whole <laughs> tribe together and have a family day. We're going to book hardcore punk bands and a really loud metal band, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, of course, the true. The highlight of the evening yeah, was the true element. Portrait of Poverty. Yeah, the true element of the tribe shows up, <laughs> the partiers. Um, we get there and we're pulling in in the van and this, this girl comes running up to us flagging us down and we roll down the window and she goes hey you guys can park right over there there's no drinking on the premises but if you want to drink just keep it hidden <laughs> and so we go park and you know basically telling us just drink but stay in your van so uh, they go, and, and we park and she falls in the van and she goes yeah we got lots of food over there we got food for the bands and treat you guys good tonight go eat you know make sure you get some food so I actually you know the interest because I hadn't eaten all day and I went over to the picnic tables that were set up with like an Albertson's chicken spread basically and all they had was just the bags of chicken just open and these kids <laughs> were running around playing in the dirt tackling each other you know this having a great old time and then they'd run over and reach in these bags of chicken and grab some chicken <laughs> and run off and it was just like the dirtiest picnic table set up in the world it was just <laughs> gnarly so yeah we we start playing and pretty much you know it's funny how they told us not to drink on the prefaces by but by nine o'clock everyone there was pretty much drunk you mm-hmm. can tell the people with the kids had left you know mm-hmm. portrait of poverty plays a set after us people are doing a mosh pit a circle pit during their set and this is supposed to be their big family get together it was <laughs> a great what memory. was the one guy who kept grabbing the mic from from us and tried to sing it and marvin had to drag him off <laughs> Because I remember at one point during our during our set, he was in front of me, and I thought it'd be real funny to kind of headbang with him, and like I was whipping him in the face with my. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Bruce, but I'm. Not, uh, I think it was Bruce. Yeah, Bruce is Marvin's 
cousin is always a good Cut the stage, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fun guy, but yeah, that was interesting, man. That was a good time. Night, so. <laughs> what about the, the story about the rag? The, oh, yeah, I know this. Oh, story. the rag. Yeah, so okay. When Matt was talking like, about the dirty chicken, it sort of reminded yeah, me that Matt's kind of a germaphobe. Right. So yeah, we're, this one's awesome. We're driving in, we, uh, we drove in Matt's uh, Ford van. And it's not like the extended long one. So we had all the gear built into the back, you know, walls, whatever. Couple of seats. No, we so had a Matt, trailer. We had a trailer then. Oh, okay. Was that? So. Well, anyway, so Matt's all the way in the back, and he's like taking a nap. Basically, it's the middle of the day, and you know, hot. California just drunk, super hot. Yeah, yeah, wasted. And, yeah. Need to sleep. <laughs> so Dave has this uh, handkerchief that he keeps in his back. No, pocket. it wasn't a handkerchief. Well, it, was it was like a straight up. Oh, like a washcloth yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. Wash so cloth. yeah. So he would use it after shows to kind of clean himself up. Let's say and, he, uh, it was his butt. Yeah, he, he had a problem with sweat and his ass crack, and so, so he always used this rag. Well, so Matt wakes up from his nap, which we're driving, I was just sweaty. and he just wakes I'm up just and toes on haze, you know, all sweaty. So he's looking around, and he just finds this rag on the floor and picks it up and starts wiping his face off with it. And he's like, "No, no, yeah, no!" It was like no, one no. of those things where, like, like a centimeter before it got to my head. Well, no, and I gave it a good wipe, and you thought you were being funny. Yeah. Ah. And I gave it a good wipe, and Dave's like, "No, no!" And I'm still, you know, I'm kind of like, "What?" You know, wiping. They go, "Dude, I wiped my ass with that." And yeah, as a germaphobe, I instantly like the panic just slapped me across the face. I threw the bag. Yeah, like it matters. Yeah. <laughs> I threw the bandana. I'm like, Scott, <laughs> baby wipes, yeah. baby wipes. Well, that was me because yeah, I really had kids at the point, so I, I brought baby wipes. You know, that yeah, was, yeah, so I was, yeah. Tour, yeah. I needed. Give me some of those baby wipes now. <laughs> oh man, that's gross. Yeah. Right. So the only other story that I can think of that we haven't really got to yet was just a little little tidbit of when uh, we played with Unita and. Uh, Paul, <laughs> the, the bass player from Slipknot, who passed away what, a couple years ago now, uh, he was playing with Unita and uh, yeah, he, so, on the and, tour he played with bass with him. And so he had like a, a credit card from the Slipknot record label that was, you know, Roadrunner. I think he had like he had a per diem of every uh, day that thing had like two hundred bucks on it. No, I think he had more. Yeah, more than that. Like yeah, he could do whatever and the hell so he wanted. He was just. <laughs> partying it up and he was buying everybody drinks and he just got completely wasted and so like i said earlier everybody stayed at my house so hey you guys want to come back and stay at my house and okay so we had like dixie witch and unita so they also had okay. a, unita had a film crew with them like two mm -hmm. guys and this girl who was keeping a log of everything and so we had like 13 people staying in the house that <laughs> night and uh we get back to my place and, and paul is passed out in the back of their their van so they drag him in a I, quick my daughter's room. Quick prelude. Earlier yeah. the night at the show, he basically hit somebody on accident in the face with his bass, oh, and right. just at the end of their set, just walked up and handed her this like fifteen hundred dollar bass and said, "Sorry for hitting you. You can have it." Yeah, went just, and bought a new one the next bass day. Tour, yeah. So, so anyway, so he's completely passed out. We get back to my place and uh, everyone's coming in. So well, they drag Paul in and throw him in my daughter's room, which at the time. I uh, had painted the whole thing with this big mural 
with a castle and a unicorn and a rainbow <laughs> and clouds and flowers and it's all this girly like fairy tale princess land, you know. So we, they throw him in her bed and and then we proceed to sit up all half the night and party and drinking and whatever and so he has no idea where they were even at. They were right. they were gonna go stay at a hotel, you know. Right. And so the next morning he wakes up in this fairy tale <laughs> princess room. Like obviously a little girl's yeah. bedroom. <laughs> and, and, oh yeah, in the middle of the night I get up to, to uh take a leak I come back to bed and he's in bed with my wife <laughs> he, he got up to go yeah, to the bathroom oh, in the I other bathroom and I he, he just wanders back in and just hops in my bed oh, I'm like hey so anyway the next morning you know we get him back in there and, and uh, he wakes up and he's just like I woke up and I had no idea where I was, but all I knew was I was happy. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah. yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. thank no you. Problem. It was great. Yeah. Thank you.